Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, I'm Parker Romain. And I'm George Chen. And you're listening to Stuff Doc, a show where we review and recommend documentaries. (laughs) We sure do. This is our year in review wrap up episode. We take a look back at some of the docs that were great and not so great in 2022. Yeah, this has been, uh, I I think I've been watching the not so great ones. This is the problem. (laughs) I've seen a lot of bad ones this year, but let's talk about ones we like. I think this is like a good time to talk about ones that we like. Yeah. Um, And also just the let, let, we watched, we did a lot of music ones this year. I feel like I've done a ton of music ones. Yeah, there were, there seemed like there was some, some music ones that were done. It's, um, um, there's been some great music documentaries that came out. Um, let's shit, let's just jump into it. Let's start with Moon Age Dream then. Oh yeah, Moon Age Daydream. This is our buddy Brett Morgan. I say our buddy like we've we've met him one time, uh, yeah. and we you know he's made some of our favorite documentaries. He sure has. This is not one of mine, unfortunately. I gotta say. Yeah, mine either, and it sucks because <laughs> uh, we, it's funny because we were like, let's talk about the ones that we loved. All right, let's start with the one that neither of us loved. Um, I'll say it has it has things going for it. I mean, it's it about David things. Bowie. Yeah, and I who I love David Bowie, which is why I love Brett Morgan and I love David Bowie. So I was like, done and done. Let's go yeah. see this doc. But it's oh man, I don't even know. You have to be the biggest David Bowie fan, I think, ever to really yeah. really dig this movie. And I I mean even. If you are a huge fan, then I think it probably left stuff out for you. It's just like, it's impressionistic. It's very arty. Uh, I guess you should have seen it on IMAX. It was super loud when I saw it. But like, here's the thing. If I'm watching something about one of the most interesting people of our lifetime, and I'm like checking my watch during it. Yes. That's that's like not good. And that's I think you and I both had that experience. Yeah. Well, and I was also the only person in the theater. It was yeah. just me. And I am a people pleaser. So I couldn't I wanted to leave so badly. But then I was like, <laughs> they're playing this movie for me and I don't oh want to piss God. anybody off. Like I literally I could not go. I wanted to leave. I kept falling asleep. Um, it was in Santa Monica. I saw it in this like theater place in Santa Monica. And I just, I felt like if I left and the people at the counter that were selling popcorn and stuff would be like, dude, like this is on for you. Like you're it. We're running this for you. So I sat through it. It was tough. It's long. Was it two and a half hours? Yeah. It's long. It sort of like blends like some of his acting stuff with like, uh, you know, live footage. The live footage is great. 
Yeah. But I could also watch a live David Bowie concert recording and get that. The insight is kind of like, is this, this guy is sort of like a persona all the time. So are we really even getting his inner, right. his inner life at all? Sort of blur. I mean, there's stuff I learned about Bowie. So it's like, there's like some interesting stuff there, but yeah, it was for me. And I, I'll say I'll credit it. Like it was an ambitious way to approach the material. There you go. Let's yeah. let's let's do some like silver lining stuff. Yeah, it's like a big it, swing. I like a big swing. It's a big swing. Maybe yeah. the biggest swing that um, Brett has done. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean. Shit, we were there in his office when he was like, hey, lads, look what I'm working on. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like he had like a big Bowie book and he had like some of the some paraphernalia out or something. Well, he showed us the final his final cut pro, too, and was like his, he was like already starting to edit. And he had like thousands of tabs. Open. Oh, my God. I cannot imagine the editing process. For I, this. It's, so crazy. it's so crazy, but it's visually a masterpiece. I'd say, I mean, it's super visually appealing, mm-hmm. but if you're into just like normal doc storytelling bio stuff, like I am, cause I'm not that big. I love, I do really love Bowie, but I'm not a huge Bowie fan. Um, yeah. Then I was like, you know, eh, but I, I listened to the Adrian Ballou uh, talk on what the fuck with Mark Marin WTF. Mm-hmm. And um so fascinating. I Adrian Ballou, man. And he, he did talk a little bit about the Berlin Berlin time period and stuff in it. Oh, yeah. You know, kind of. I just remember that's the part in Moon Age Daydream where I was starting to really wane. Like I was like, <laughs> I was like hour three, you yeah, know, the Berlin uh, period. Yeah. Like it's like could this easily. OK, I'm going to I'm usually not one to say take something and make it a seven part series, but you could totally do that with this material, right? Like it just wouldn't be the kind of, he tries to make it, he's trying to make it like a pop song, right? Like that when Brett Morgan is approaching it, he's like, let's make it like sensory overload, uh, a bunch of impressions, just kind of like compacting, like what is life? I mean, it actually, you know what? It reminded me a little bit of like how the Zappa movie has that the kind of like little oh yeah like arc at the end. Right. But it's like stretching that out for an entire like three hour period. True. I mean, and his and Brett Morgan's interview on WTF is really good as well, and they talk mm-hmm. about this pretty exclusively. And um, it's interesting his thoughts on it, and like you know, he he got no real pushback from from the Bowie people basically was just given carte blanche and then he was like given like uh access to a ton of obviously tons of material and stuff that he could mm-hmm. use so it's it's very interesting it's a very interesting way to go about it um i'd be surprised we'll be i'd be surprised to see what kind of awards it picks up maybe yeah i mean like we said like the editing is is like a big chunk of this i i will say when i walked out of the theater I uh, ran into some people and then I told them about it and they're just like, ah, didn't that guy get canceled? <laughs> I'm like, uh, oh, that did not get mentioned at all. Bowie? And, uh, there is some stuff about him with underage people. Mm. Um, yeah. And so, like, of course, it's not going to come up. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't expect it to come up in this, but right. I do wonder if that did affect, like, people's interest in this as a I, film 
man, I don't, I would, yeah, maybe I don't think so, but yeah, I, I don't remember. Cause I don't remember. Him, it kind of came, it was kind of like softly spoken of after he died mm. um, because like he is also like, you know, sort of it, the interesting stuff about like his sort of like queerness and like gender, like blurring of boundaries and stuff. And like that stuff makes him sort of like this, iconic you know mainstream figure that was like represented like bisexuality or something but then it's like well there's still like some weird power dynamics and some stuff that was brought to light right 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 which is not like of course not gonna make it into this film no it's not gonna be part of it and yeah no it's not for sure there's yeah this was not the film that was doing that this was a cell kind of more of a celebratory yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, it was it was like visually appealing, very long, um, loud. It was also really loud. Very when I loud. Saw, very, yeah. very loud. Um, <laughs> and I heard I mean, I heard and read people that I people I love on like Facebook were like, this is the best documentary to come out in really? a generation. Yeah, people loved it. So I was like and they're all like, you have to see it in IMAX. You have to see it in a the theater. So that's why I, I got a ticket. Um, I, you know, like I said, I was by myself in the theater. Um, and yeah, uh, I mean, I was, went by myself. There was maybe two other people in the Los Feliz three when I, where mm-hmm. I saw it. And it was just like, it is like definitely one of the louder mixes of a movie yeah. I've seen in that theater. For a, for a documentary, you don't expect it. But, um, so, so there you go, folks. If, um, I would say this is my take on it. If you're just like, if David Bowie is like your dude, you're a ride and die. Like, this is my fucking rock and roll dude. Then go see it. If you haven't seen it already, you know, because why not? But if I say, if you're on the fence, you don't have a spare three hours and you like more narrative. longer than three hours. <laughs> it, <does. laughs> it, it really does. I left and I was a little like mind numbed. Like I, I, Me I too. yeah, I was, yeah. I felt a little flat in my head. I went, I remember going back to my Airbnb and then texting um, a friend of mine and just being like, Hey, I like it's cause we're both, we always joke about being people pleasers. And I was like, I couldn't leave. I didn't know how to leave. I wanted to leave, but I actually just stayed. Yeah. I felt like I needed to stick it through because I'm like, well, is it gonna turn right. somehow? Is there going to be a payoff right. of this whole thing? And I'm also a people pleaser. I'm realizing, Paco, we're both people pleasers. Which yes, is we are. Why this podcast is still going? <laughs> we don't know how many people we're pleasing. We know there's a few. <laughs> well, also, like you and I have tried to do like the Cisco Ebert thing, where like you're like I hate it, and I'm like I love it, and I hate it, and you're like I love it, but that never worked because we're yeah. both like let's talk just about the shit we like. Yeah, I I don't want to. Sh- I mean, like. I don't feel qualified. <laughs> it's also like having seen as many docs as we've seen. Yeah. You can't call anything like an abject failure or anything. I mean, like I said, it's super ambitious. Yeah. It's like, you know, when I think about like the stuff he talked about when he, about making Jane, the Jane Goodall thing. Jesus. Yeah. And like, like that, I, I'm going to bring that up. Jane, I'm going to bring Jane up later in this discussion, but um, for, for like, yeah, just the, you can't capture all the personality and it's impossible to do it. And he just basically tried to cram as much as he could in there. And, you know, yeah. Bowie spanned like four 
or five decades. Like it's not easy to put everything in there and to do it also without any talking heads. Like yeah. that's, I mean, it's a, it's a very masterful piece of filmmaking. It's visually appealing and it's really, really well edited and, and well done. It's just from, for our, obviously for our sake, too long and a little just mind numbing. Basically. Yeah. I learned a little bit about the thing about his brother, brother's mental illness. That was yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, sort of like they throw in stuff about um, his marriage um, and also like this period, I guess when he did like modern love and stuff, that was him like being like, I am going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for the mass appeal. Right. Yeah. It's time to cash in. Yeah. So I this is the thing of like, yeah, like everything. Huh? Yeah. I saw the glass spider tour. Did you ever see Bowie? No, I never got to see him. I saw him live and it oh, was glass spiders. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> no, really? Oh yeah. So it was bad. bad. It was so bad. Uh, yeah. It was, it was the Kitar years, you know? And oh, like, okay. I saw him in uh Joe Lewis arena, I think in Detroit. And he was like this big, I'm holding up my fingers very small apart from each other he was like a little ant on stage yeah. and this is like before the like giant you know uh monitors and stuff like oh yeah it just looks like this tiny person it's like 87 or something oh like wow that. okay weird period that's like on the tin machine era yeah exactly yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that was like kind of the disco-y rocky bowie time period honestly like anything after tin machine i did not really pay attention to like right. i'm afraid of americans i didn't like that yeah i didn't listen to the last album which people like the last album but right i didn't i mean my i think almost my favorite thing that bowie's done for me is when he was on extras with uh, ricky <laughs> yeah he's good on extras. <laughs> he he did seem to have like an interesting um sense of humor about himself oh like and also like the video art he was making that was just like oh right. i did that in sixth grade when you shove a camera in front of a monitor and you just make video feedback yeah right, he was right, just right. doing that just like yeah. i like to make my paintings I like to make my chocolates just like <laughs> yeah like dude you're fucking rich and famous do whatever yeah. you want Knock yeah, you, get out. To, you get to do whatever you want yeah so yeah so again if you're a big bowie fan go see it you know <laughs> I think we I don't think, need to tell you've seen it. If you're a big yeah, Bowie fan, yeah, you're probably. See it. And, and I don't know about the, you need to see it in the theater. I mean, I guess, I mean, if I had seen it at home and I could have paused it and come back and maybe given it a day and come back again or something, might, I might have a different, you know, feeling for it. It's literally the only movie I have seen since 2020 in a theater. Oh, really? That's it. Yeah. Wow. I've yeah. done a few in theaters. I've even seen some docs in theaters. Oh wow! But I like yeah that oh gosh the free jazz doc. Let's have we not talked about that? No, we don't need to. Not uh, good. Let's let's save that for another time. Okay, was at least Ornette Coleman involved? Uh, involved? Well, I mean not involved, but it talked about. Yeah, yeah. It's like sort of the survey, which all interesting people that I'm interested in, but all like discombobulated in a certain like the just a rough go when everything is like a different kind of like film stock and oh right. and like just a lot of talking head like mm. this person is important for this reason right right, like right, right roscoe so. mitchell and whatnot yeah it's it's hard when there's different film stock because it's like using different typographies on like a comedy flyer you're just like what is different happening fonts. yeah different it fonts. is it, it can be 
I mean, if that's all you got, that's all you got. But like, there's certainly, um, it felt very, everything felt very cobbled together. So anyway, we like, let's say Moon Age Daydream, swing and a miss. Okay. Unfortunately, that's yeah. like how I would phrase it. For but, the SEPDOC you know. guys. Yeah. All right. Let's move For on. Us, yeah. Yep. Let's move on to uh, Low Country. Oh, Lordy. This Man. story. Oh. Yeah. The Murdoch. The Murdochs. Murdochs? Murdoch. Murdochs. Is yeah. it spelled like, yeah. It, but Alec is Alex is Alec and Murdoch is Murdoch. So right. that's just how South Carolina rolls. Um, it is. Did you know much about this case before starting the stock? I did. I did. And I had actually tweeted, I don't know, like two or three months ago, why has someone not made a documentary about this yet? Mm-hmm. And then someone had saw that and then retweeted it and put the link to the, That's how I found out about it. They're like, <laughs> well, it looks like they did. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Shut yeah. the front door. I am so excited because it is wackadoo bonkers nuttiness. And I, that's my that's the shit I live for weird americana yeah. stuff we're weird americana plus true crime is to me is like that's my bread and butter stuff right there yeah it is it is but it is fulfilling that venn diagram um for people that don't know anything about this case uh the murdoch family were basically the da's prosecutors uh for a hundred years a century in, <laughs> in one in county this, in one county harlan hampton county south yeah. carolina and, and like, and also while they were the DAs had a private practice yeah. law firm that was like personal injury law. Right. Like it yeah. just, that's just like uh, that alone. Great grandfather, grandfather, like son, like they owned the, this County as far as like the DAs and the head of the judicial branch of this County There's one family. One fucking family. And they had a get out of free jail card for a century, basically. And not only that, but I, I was actually, I didn't realize he was a Democrat. That, that actually surprised me. I just Alec? figured, yeah. Hmm. Old school, old, the family was old school Dixie Democrats that done a lot of like fundraising and campaign money contributions to oh. the Democratic um, Party in South Carolina, which is, I found out because I posted about this. And then my buddy who I play basketball was, was like, I know these fuckers. I grew up in Hampton <laughs> County. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. And he actually went to school with uh, the oldest, the oldest kid and oh. was like, I know oh, these people. Yeah, Buster. Oh, no yeah, he went to school with them. It was like, I know these fuckers and they're this is not this is the tip of the iceberg. This is just did, the shit that did he have a theory about the Stephen Smith case? Yeah, I mean, he just said it's all it's all them. Like, yeah, he did. And which was they killed him. I mean, it's like everyone knows that they I mean, this is allegedly, obviously, but yeah, like the, don't the, sue us, <laughs> right? Right, but this is satire. This is satire. But like the family's history of this kind of cover up, doing crimes and getting cover ups and getting out of jail free cards is like everyone knows. You just can't fuck with these people. Yeah, like it seems like they're okay. The the number of people that die in this story, it's insane. Are let's see, there is spoiler alert. We, we should mention two. I'm not going to say who I'll just say, well, people might know if you don't know anything about this case, there's also a podcast about this case uh, yeah. called the Murdoch murders. Okay. Which um, this woman, Mandy Matney, who is the reporter who's been covering all this stuff, who also like, you know, to be fair, she kind of seems like she knew a lot about this early on 
-hmm. and um she was talking about even the pronunciations of Murdoch and Alec and things like that. Like, why, why is it that way? I will say that podcast is very hard to listen to. Have you ever oh, listened you... to the podcast? No, no, I hadn't. I didn't even know about it. Just for the practical reason of like the way that they, here's, here's my pet peeve about this podcast is like they're reading off a script. Yeah. But then they just cut the recording like every sentence. So basically every sentence sounds like she's starting a brand new sentence. It's really, Whoa. does that make sense? It's like super distracting. No. If you oh. imagine like an entire script where every time someone starts, they're like launching into like an, like an introductory level oh, of right. volume uh -huh. of, of, of their cadence. So right. this is like me being like whatever persnickety about it, but like, yeah, she did a lot. Like this podcast is truly like uh, a small budget, like, uh, local news podcast that became like one of the top podcasts in the country because people are obsessed with the story. Yeah, it's the story is insane. Well, I mean, you have the like the big Camelot family of this area, rich, powerful, dynastic, and the craziest shit just starts happening to them, like including their shithead little son that goes out boating. And I mean, so we're just going to assume you guys have watched it at this point, I guess. But if not, pause and come back i don't know but like the youngest kid kills a friend in a boating accident and a lot of yeah. this is on tape a lot of this dude is, yeah well, that's the thing because i listened to the podcast so i had heard some of these 911 calls and stuff yeah i had not seen that they had footage of like the boat crash or any of like yeah. or, or like like surveillance footage of these underage kids going and getting wasted and like getting beers and Oh, it's like, oh, you know, they're going to get on a boat at the end of the night. So boating at dark in the dark while wasted and everyone's yelling at each other. And then they hit a pier Well, they actually hit one of the the bridge pylons. Yeah. pylons thank you. And then unfortunately, a young lady dies and it's fucking hearts breaking. It's yeah. so sad. And then like you see you see video of them in the hospital and then the dad showing up and, and then, grandpa and yeah. grandpa and then being like, you know, Hey, you, you don't, you don't hear anything. But then later on you find out that they're basically going to other people that were involved in this and being like, this is what you need to say. You yeah. were driving, you know, yeah, you won't get in any trouble if you oh say you were God, driving the fucking shit. These people pull, I know uh, the, the worst is like, this has happened multiple times in here where they're like trying to like be like, Hey, we can get a lawyer for you. And it's clearly a lawyer that they have a connection with and owes them something. Right. And it's like, these are like, you're basically like you're competing with each other and you can't have like a lawyer that's like insane. partnering with the plaintiff or whatever. Yeah. It's just like insane. Yeah. It's insane, dude. It's, it's taking advantage of people that don't have any, you know, resources or like experience with the system. Well, it's also, so when you when you're in shock, when your kid has been in, in a boating accident where someone dies, you really just want people to swoop in and tell you what to do, you know, because yeah. you don't know what the fuck's going on. So if you have someone that you say like these were like family friends or like I was friends, I played softball, I coached softball with this guy, you know, I coached baseball with this guy and I trusted him and they take fucking advantage of that because as a lawyer, you've been in these emergency situations before with other clients. So you kind of know what to do, you know, mm -hmm. and they just swoop in and they start telling people what to say how to feel and it's so gross like that youngest kid so gross all is like smiling and like oh god yeah he's uh well so him <laughs> the youngest man. kid right paul yeah and his mother 
uh blanking on the name uh oh, rip uh, right rip the two of them they Mrs. both get murked they Murdow. get murdered like gangland execution style yes in 2021 during covid yeah they get murdered they get fucking murdered in their dog kennel with two different weapons um yes. and so that's not good that's not good no it's not good two different weapons and one of them the one guy was saying that someone stood over the missus and shot her like multiple times Ooh, yeah yeah because like it seemed very personal which is then like what and oh and that oh my god this stock is insane you guys it's on hbo oh we've got to mention that it's on hbo so if you have hbo definitely if you're into true crime weird americana stuff definitely watch this because it it hits every it's insane three it's only a three-parter too which is yeah thank god right i know three i can live with these days five five or more unless it's like the fucking staircase or making a murder which i believe are masterpieces then i I can watch those but Mm -hmm. none of these docs are masterpieces anymore they throw them together way too fast oh my gosh and also did you notice like it's like made by like a european like i think maybe germans made it oh yeah 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 like when you hear their their interview style, right? Like, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of like, you know, when when Herzog goes into the South, it's just sort of like, right? Just even more like maybe they did need like some foreign <laughs> filmmakers because it's just like they're just like looking at America with this like you know lens of like dispassionate, oh, this is a true, truly right. vile right. belly of the American <laughs> South. It's just like unfortunate um, that. It, to paint the whole you know to paint that that way but it is part of what the appeal of this thing is it's like this hillbilly fargo shit well i just i just remember when the wife and the son were murdered that's when i first came into the story oh really that's when you first heard about it yeah because the whole rumor was is that he was killed because he killed that girl in the boat right like they thought it was was retribution this was of this was vengeance and because the family had been so um you know, um, in charge, it was like somebody was like giving them a payback. And then the mom right. just got in the way. Like she just happened to be there by mistake and got killed as well. Yeah. So that's when I first got. And then as I started watching the story, the housekeeper came up. Yeah. So that part, then I was like, wait, okay. So now there's another death in. Oh, with this? oh we're just getting started, Paco. I know it's crazy. And like, I mean, I'm I'm not young. I've been around this planet for a long time. I don't have any murders in my family or my life. Like some people have many, you know. Yeah. Like that's what's crazy. It, and, and again, like um, Michael in the staircase. Like he didn't have just one wife that died from falling down the stairs. He had two. This is very yeah. This is good staircase vibes for sure. But also, um, there's yeah, there is like another, another the other son. That we don't hear much about. He's got a, a possible accusation against him for like, like kind of like a gay bashing murder, which is that, also implied that he was maybe having a romantic relationship with this kid, and then like whatever, like maybe gets a gang of guys together and just kills this kid. 
Yeah, that's that one. Yeah, that's the one I had never heard about. Like I had. Oh, reading. you hadn't heard about that. That's no. talked about in the podcast for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, Stephen Smith stuff. Yeah. I did some deep dives, and I never heard about the the Stephen Smith. Really? Case. Not at all. I didn't oh, even know. Wow. And I knew about the housekeeper, the wife, the boat, the son. That was it. I didn't hear about that. So when I watched this doc, that was completely new to me. Yeah. And so it's that, that's extremely sad. Yeah, it's a very sad story. Um, it's a very really sad overall. This is just yeah, like well, a yeah, a sad like but also fuck this guy. Fuck, fucking <laughs> this guy, personal injury attorney. Yeah, created a fuck. Is this spoiling? If I get into like what no, he did, no, do it. Oh my god! So th- this was new to me. I didn't know about <laughs> all this stuff. Like when his own housekeeper dies, he says he's gonna help out. Her kids. Fuck this guy. That's up a fucking DBA that looks like it's an insurance settlement thing. And he pockets the money. Pockets the fucking money. Like 700 grand or something. And like gives gives him like a pittance, gives him like four grand. Right. Out of that. And then turns out he's been doing this forever. Yeah. If he gets convicted of all of the fraud charges, not to count the actual murder charges. Right. That's like 500 years. Yeah. And he sh- he deserves it, man. And to what? Maybe pay for his opioid addiction? Oh, that he- oh and how is this dude <laughs> still alive? He had... This is the part that <laughs> I... Got- when I learned about Woo-hoo! this part, I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> there, would, there was not enough focus on this. Right. He we- pays, like, his friend to oh, shoot man. him in the head. <laughs> Fucking... <laughs> does and he doesn't die <laughs> he misses oh my god and then he's... <laughs> this guy has this guy on suicide this guy has not been epstein yet this is not he's right. not like killed himself yet and i think his trial is in 2023 like march or something isn't it it's early spring <sighs> to watch that like receding red hairline just go down to like a gray nub yeah weirdly satisfying <laughs> yeah Fuck this guy, man. What a piece of shit. So it's it's a really it's it's a it's let's see. How do we how do I put this? So the balance between the filmmaking and the story, it's like the story is an eight. The filmmaking's like a five, you know? Yeah, it does feel perfunctory. And it's like they're like, we need to cash in on this while it's still going. But but like there is like fucking onion layers to still be unveiled about this family. There is like. There's if there can be a vow part two, there can definitely be a part two low country. Right. Yeah. Because there's so much more that's gonna come out about these people. There is for sure. Well, and the, the one defense the one defense attorney that they talked to. Oh my was, god, that guy. That guy. He has no love for any of these people, which he shouldn't, you know. Oh, you you don't think you don't think he does? No. He seems like he like he lets them go hunting on his property and stuff. Oh, oh no! I was talking about the um. Oh, the other, the 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 other side. Yeah, prosecuting, prosecuting. Thank you. I'm sorry. I said defense. Yeah. You're right. Pro- the prosecuting yeah. side. The, the defense attorney is a piece of shit too. Yes. Honestly. Yes. Yes. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm sorry. I misspoke. The the other side guy who is like has the oh, receipts. Yeah. He's like, and then yeah. this, and then this. Like he's representing all those families. Yeah. It's insane. So well, I, there's still there's still open questions I have about it all. But um, shit, I wonder know, if we should do a full episode on just this doc. What we gotta, that? man, there, we gotta find someone else who's like deep in this case because, like, 
That would be fun. I mean, I was following it, then I kind of dropped off. I just heard he got, you know, oh, they arrested him. I remember when they arrested him. That was yeah. like big news when they arrested him. Yeah, it's huge. So, yeah, the filmmaking is like, I was like waiting for a bigger payoff at the end, but it's like, nope, this dude's just in jail awaiting right. further trial. And we don't actually know about how the wife and son were killed. And also, no. like, we don't know. Oh, they don't even talk about like his brothers. Like there was like a thing in like reg- like maybe like 2020 or like ABC News to the thing where they like were interviewing his brothers because they're still part of the law firm. Oh, right. When like in that in-between period when he put out like a reward for right. to like help me find my wife and son's killers. Yeah. And then when he ends up being shot quote-unquote shot then they're like the brothers everyone backs away he loses his job um he's like i have an opioid addiction i'm like well that doesn't explain all of this right uh, at all i think no. you need to the opioid addiction doesn't explain the full fraud you were doing right right your actual people that were you know going to you like he imagine like all these like personal injury attorneys that we see like bus ads for all the time uh, like yeah, my favorite yeah. down here is there's a guy called sweet james for some reason like oh, sweetjames.com okay, yeah. if you're in a car accident I'm like well i got it i'm in a car accident because i looked at your fucking billboard and i hit someone right. uh like th- th- these guys it's just like one of these guys who also is like his family runs the whole county it's insane. oh wow yeah so this is now i'm looking at this site right now that has the a chronological updates oh, on him okay. and so yeah December 16th of just just so just two weeks ago, ago yeah. uh, a grand jury indicts Murdoch on nine counts of tax evasions. Allegedly, he failed okay. to pay almost four hundred eighty seven thousand in state income taxes while nearly making nearly 14 million over nine years with the latest indictment. The total financial related charges against Murdoch are more than 100. And then December 20th, just uh, a week ago, state prosecutors announced they will seek life in prison without parole if Murdoch's doubled murder trial, allowing him to avoid the death penalty if convicted. So let him live out his shitty remaining yeah, years in prison, that, as I say. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, fuck this guy. Okay, so I definitely would recommend you if you have HBO, check it out. It's called Low Country: The Murdoch Dynasty. Um, yeah. What do, you, what do you think, George? You think? Yes? I think yeah. Like as a three-parter, it covers all the ground it needs it goes, to cover. It's a quick watch too. It goes fast. Like it's so compelling because of just all the fucking nuttiness. Yeah. But, um, it's not like a slow drag kind of thing. Um, I mean, I was at first. I was like, I'm like, did Aaron Lee Carr do this? Because it sort of has like some of the trademarks yeah. of stuff she'd be interested in. Yeah. But then I'm like, I hear these German interviewers. Right. You hear like, their okay. Interview. It's like that's it makes it more of the freak show element is comes out i think a little bit right but it is a freak show it is a fucking freak show it, these people yeah. are are and like if, the worst of the worst if you're highly involved with this story and want to do a full episode with us let us know if you're highly involved like you are if you've been uh if you've had your money taken by <laughs> right yeah that'd be even more amazing or maybe we could get the lady that does that podcast to come on mandy ours. matney if you're listening i'm sorry what i said about your editing style <laughs> forget all that now we've lost brett morgan uh so let's keep no one's listening paco what are you talking about we're people, uh, we're people pleasers know. man we can't we can't <laughs> it's harder for us to say anything negative about anything but oh, we are people pleasers. all man. right let's take a quick break Okay. And we'll come right back with more Doc Talk. <laughs> 
And we're back. Thank you guys for listening to Sup Doc. This is our year in review wrap up. Some of the docs we've watched. Uh, I watched Pelosi on HBO, which, man, you know, I made I by like, her daughter, right? Yeah, yeah. Who has an HBO by, deal? Yes, made by her daughter. Surprise! Nep- speaking of nepotism, <laughs> Nepo, speaking, of, speaking of dynasties. Yeah, really, for yeah. real. It was good though. I liked it. I, I'm okay. And and I mean. I'm just going to say it. it's weird. It's almost like a pejorative, but I've been mostly a centrist Democrat my entire life. So like mm-hmm. people like Pelosi and Biden and those kind of people are kind of ring, ring my bell, if you will. So I've always liked Pelosi. I've always been a fan. She's been my representative for since I've lived in San Francisco, which is 25 years. So I liked the documentary. I thought it was well made. Um, it's really interesting about the part, you know, with the J6 insurrection, where she comes from, how she got to be speaker, how powerful she is, how brilliant she's been in that position. And um, so if you're into politics and you're into like, you know, I mean, you could probably watch. There's a lot of Pelosi haters, too, that I'm sure might want to watch it, but it probably won't be as great if you. When did this drop? Does this drop after or before the Paul Pelosi hammered attack thing? I think this dropped before. Okay. Yeah. Because that's like got to be an addendum. That's like. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which is, that's a whole other fucking thing. Um, I believe this came out before. That's a really good question. I don't really know, but I think it came out before. But, but Alexandra Pelosi is a director. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and she's an impressive lady. I've not seen the film. I've not right. seen it's Wait, this is just a one part thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank goodness for that. I will yeah, watch. I I will watch this. That sounds like enough reason to watch this. Um, yeah, uh, she's she's done a lot of stuff. She Impressive has. lady. Yeah. Um, I I would say I'm maybe more left than you are, but yes. uh, I'm not gonna be. You know, she 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 was good at her job. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, Actually, it's called Pelosi in the house. So sorry, Mm -hmm. everybody. Um, She stepped down. And like, have you heard much about the guy replacing her? Because like I heard listen to uh, the Daily did a thing on on the guy who's replacing her as the leader. I mean, uh, Hakeem Jeffries. Yes. Yes. I, I mean, I know a little about Hakeem Jeffries. I know that he's young and he's very energetic and he's more of definitely seems more of a fighter pelosi seemed to be more of a vote counter and a mm-hmm. conciliatory person and like you know old school politics is kind yeah. of pelosi's things hakeem jeffries is from cut from a new cloth that much i know yeah yeah and he's but he's sort of traditional in the sense that he is like not down with the you know the uh young upstarts in the rest of the like you know your aocs and stuff like yeah there's definitely some conflict there which is yeah. like why he's like you know seems like a good i'm not a good like he, consistent to you know follow right. through yeah. yeah well he's also be like the first black person to lead a major political party in congress so nice. that's pretty that's pretty awesome and he's like what 30 plus years younger than Pelosi, you know, he's, he's, he's young. So. This is what, this is like, it's great to like pay tribute to these people, but like, also like, yeah, we need young people in the party yeah. for Dude, sure. The boomers have got to go. Yeah. The boomers have got to go. And we're, we're starting to crack that now. Okay. Ah. So uh, Pelosi HBO, I liked it. It's a yeah. casual watch. It's just, it's like a hundred minutes or something, a little mm-hmm. over 90 minutes. So give it a shot. All right. 
I will. Uh, speaking of boomers, mm-hmm. did you watch Senior? Oh, on Netflix? on Netflix? No, I haven't yet. Okay, so uh, I did end up watching this. It's a film made by Robert Downey Jr. about his father, the underground filmmaker Robert Downey, who I guess is now known as Robert Downey Sr. because yes. Robert Downey Jr. is one of the most famous dudes in the world. Right. And um, even though it's actually like, so it's like Downey's shooting it and kind of directing it. And then midway through, uh, his dad kind of like starts making his own version of the film. So the sort of like weird he because like he basically has someone following the dad. The dad starts directing and like kind uh-huh. of like being like, oh, you know, you should do that again. Do that scene again. Let's yeah. oh, follow me to the park. And so basically he's like, OK, I'm making two different cuts of this movie now. Interesting. Is his dad still alive? Well, so that he oh. he passed during COVID. Oh. Um but he, I think he had, maybe he, he had something. Uh, I want to say, I don't think he had Parkinson's. He, he was starting to. He was. You can see as the footage goes, like from him getting less mobile and mm. being more like shaky and stuff. But Chris Smith is, I guess, producer on this. Oh, weird. Um, and so it's a, it's all all in black and white, even mm. when there is like, you know, footage. Uh, from the films that's still in black and white, you know? So right. it's um, it's like an intentional, arty approach to this. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, it ended up being kind of like, I had only seen Putney Swope. I think most people I've talked to have only seen Putney Swope out of all of Robert Downey's yeah. movies. But um, Putney Swope was amazing. And I didn't really know the breadth of stuff he'd done or how he'd really come out of, this sort of weird theater New York under like, it's like not even, it's not like avant-garde cinema. It's like kind of like very like slapsticky and, um and like, you know, jokey, right. but like, it's just like, so like <clears throat> confrontational, like the films themselves. Huh. Um, so it's like, it, it is like partly uh like, Hey, I want to make a thing about my dad. And then because not enough people know about his work, then it is also like, well, you know, the relationship and there's like a lot of stuff, you know, obviously drugs were a big part of Robert Downey Jr.'s life. Oh, yeah. And like he would like smoke pot with his parents when he was like 12 or whatever. So uh-huh. there's this sort of thing where he's like, I think he's trying to like come to terms with some of that stuff, like do, do, like the stuff his dad did having an impact on him. They end up having a really good relationship in the end um it's like i don't think you have to be a huge fan of either of them to get something out of it and uh as we're i think i was going to mention the, the zappa doc has a little bit of that flavor right of like just like well this is kind of just about mortality also and like your what is your legacy and you know fathers and sons so it's it's i think a pretty I wouldn't say it's a required watch by any means, but I enjoyed it. And I think you would get something out of it. Uh, one to 10. What would you give it? I'd give it like a seven. Mm. For that's me, pretty, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's really <laughs> kind good. Of yeah. a, I kind of like, you know, curve down usually. Right. But yeah. Right, senior. Right. Uh, enjoyable. Um, yeah. You learn a little bit about this sort of weird underground New York art, like film world. Uh, and like the most famous dude who played Iron Man. 
So yeah. Right. Yeah. Who's now uh, vegan or something? Oh, I don't know about that. He's. Yeah, he I mean, yeah. He's. Uh. I mean, he had Sherlock Holmes and all the Marvel movies going at the same time. He was yeah. running like two franchises at once. For a guy whose people thought his career was over a long Dude. time ago. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm like thinking like he was so good so early on. Did you ever see yeah. Chaplin? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. good. He's so good in Chaplin. Yeah. He's super good. Um, and speaking of people who have passed on recently from Doc World, Mike Shank and Chris. Oh, Smith. yeah. RIP Mike Shank. Yeah. yeah. From American Movie, one of uh, yeah. Chris Smith's first documentary and one of the best one of the best to ever do it r.i.p yeah. to mike he he passed yeah. on this year i watched stutz on netflix about phil stutz the um famed psychotherapist um and that was really really fascinating i have yeah. to say it's not what i expected at all like jonah hill interviews his therapist his, his psychiatrist right and it is Unique is an, is a word I would use for. Uh -huh. Did you see it at all? Well, so my wife was watching it, so I didn't see it. She told me a little bit about it, and I haven't gotten into it. I did want to say we have a weird subdoc connection, yeah, indirectly you wrote, to you wrote to that in the notes. I didn't. You so, know, I read I read that book. Oh, you did? Tools. Yeah, the tools. Did you get a lot out of it? Years ago, yeah, I did. I listened so, to a no, it was uh, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, uh, but it was on uh, Mark Maron's podcast, which oh. is my all time favorite podcast. Someone, uh, a comedian, was on there, and they were talking about um, Michaels and Stutz and how they like are the the therapist to the stars. Yeah, and they wrote this book, and I from that I ordered the book and read it. <laughs> well, so so Hannah Michaels, who I had, crazy. had on the show years ago, early on. Um, uh, her, both her parents are therapists. She has a joke actually about how her dad was OJ's therapist. Oh man. So, but Phil Stutz and, and Barry Michaels. Yeah. Wrote the tools, which is apparently. I didn't know that was her dad. Thing. Yeah. That's crazy. It's wow. crazy, but I have not seen Stutz. Um, you know, uh, Angie was telling me about how it's like, you expect it to be like, kind of like this, like Jonah, Jonah Hill sort of, being vulnerable but it's still like a performance kind of yeah yeah um but yeah what it, yeah what what is stutz's is it getting his biography or just like kind of like how he works or what no it's I, it's really hard to put in words it's it's basically Jonah. it's if you could sit down with your therapist after years of going to therapy and just pal around with them with a film crew and be like what did you think of me when you first met me you know, to your therapist. Was, was I, God. you know, was I as crazy as you thought I was? And like, I never want to do that. <laughs> yeah. So at one point, Jonah Hill has a cardboard cutout of him when he was well into the 300s, like 300 pounds and more. Uh -huh. And he's mm -hmm. like sitting with it. And it's obviously he's much younger and he's much thinner now. And they just talk about when he first came in and he was overweight and he has his mom come in at some point as well. Um, and then they, they do these, they break down the scenery from like uh, first person POV to they break down the, like the fourth wall. It's really weird. It's really interesting though. It's visually it's, interesting. It does that for some reason, like it's making me think you would like senior also, if, like there seems, there's also scenes where like Robert Downey is like talking to his therapist. Oh, on weird. Zoom. Okay. And like, so it's like celebrities, therapists, 
uh, family stuff, like right. inner psychology. Um, well, I, I would you say it's a recommend watch, Stutz? <sighs> no. I yeah, mean, okay. I, I wouldn't, <laughs> I've not recommended it to anyone. I did have a friend who's been in therapy for like 30 years and he said, hey, have you seen it? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I loved it. He's like, I watched mm. it twice just to get more out of it. Um, it's not one that if I was at a party, let's say this is the parameter. You're at a party and someone says, what did you watch lately? It's not one. I would tell them about Low Country. I wouldn't tell them about Stutz. Right, but right. Yeah, it seems like more, it's a very personal thing because I think it has to do with therapy, but yeah. I mean, I, you know, it was interesting, but. Okay, cool. I'm probably gonna not watch it then <laughs> based on that. I think what's crazier is that we interviewed Hannah Michaels and her dad wrote co-wrote the tools, which is yeah. I feel I like she know. talked about it a little bit, but like I wasn't familiar with the book at all. But yeah. Well, I wasn't at the interview though. No, I wasn't part there, of yeah. it. And you but you guys did it in my apartment. Yeah, right? which in, the, in your apartment. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, that's funny. Uh, do you want to talk about uh, Last Chance You? I love this whole series. I will see. I, I've already on Christmas, people are like, wait a minute. So I literally just recommended this. Um, but the guy I was talking to was a big basketball fan. I love Last Chance You on Netflix. I think it's a wonderful series. It's about JUCO. It's about junior college kids who have a chance to do to redeem themselves back in junior college to go back to D division one or division two colleges that they've been basically kicked out of because of grades or attitude or yeah. violations of something. They're really well shot. They're really, really well shot and edited. And it's either they go from different um, junior colleges around the country and it's both ba based uh, basketball and football. Oh, okay. um, this last one is in East LA co community college, which was uh, also last season. They were there as well um and i think they're in like riverside mm -hmm. i don't even really know where east la community college is but um they're like a basketball powerhouse but they're, i just love sports i love um biography stuff and i love a good comeuppance and you know so last chance you has all of that and it's there's some tear drinking moments and it's it's great. I, I I really love the series. How many how many seasons has this been on? It's been on for a while, right? I think six or seven. Yeah. Oh wow! So every season's a different school. Almost. Last season was East East LA Community College as well, but before that they were in like Kansas and yeah. So they're kind of all over the place. Mm, okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I have not uh, dug into it because for me, sports stuff has to have one ex has to have one other thing to it. But um. Yeah. I, you know, it's so, it sounds like a good, you know, just like, a, it's a place where people can break out of like the, the class structure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they have a chance at like real money and real future in professional sports or even, I mean, even less than that is like, they have a chance of getting their GED. They have a chance right. of, of going to a, like a polytechnical school and studying engineering or, you know, it's right. a lot of these kids are poor. They come from, um, you know, less than backgrounds and it's a chance for them to, to help give themselves a future by through sports, you know? Yeah. And but so it's also, like, you can watch it and think about like, like, how do we get to this place where it's like these 
are the only opportunities for people. Well, it's also they had bigger opportunities, but they squandered them. And this oh, is yeah. their la last chance. Like, it's also Oof. that is like their hopes and dreams are on the ropes. And, and a lot of them still can't get over that inner rage that they exhibited before. But but their coach is saying like, hey, you know, you're a grown up and this is your last chance. You know, it's, yeah. it's really compelling. I really dig it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last chance to you. Um, I want to talk briefly about Fire of Love, which I just finished. Had you heard anything about this, Paco? Just from you, yeah. Just, just from you. It's like for some reason, just hit hitting my uh, feed constantly. It was like, okay. you want to see a documentary about French volcanologists narrated by Miranda July, right? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I guess I do. But right. it's on Disney Plus of all things, which yeah. is bizarre. Um, so this was apparently like a hugely talked about film at Sundance and actually got like a seven figure deal, which is rare for a documentary, right? Like, wow. Yeah. So uh, Fire of Love is about two French volcanologists who were a couple who met in the 60s and uh, they actually died doing what they loved, which was running up to volcanoes. <laughs> whoa and um it's not exactly the way that it, i it didn't go down the way that i would have thought based on some of the footage there's footage of them like going right up to volcano you know frying an egg on a volcano rock like wow. just bonkers stuff um uh the crafts they're named uh maurice and uh katya craft uh they they uh and this is a film made by Sarah Dosa, who I believe is a Bay Area filmmaker. I've not seen any of her other films. I'm definitely going to go check it out. And it's like, it is like, it, it does, someone's compared it to like a Wes Anderson movie. And it does kind of have a mm. little bit of that whimsical oh, thing. Uh, it's like, you know, this explorers in the 70s. But um, as I was, I was watching it, I was like, man, I actually, I don't know if I'm going to like this as much as I thought I was going to like it. But then just like the footage, because they're also like, they're filmmakers. They're like scientists who uh. by default ended up being filmmakers. And they're just as like obsessed with like just the beauty of, of nature and like the sort of mm -hmm. like the crazy, like, like, like how, how do human beings even get along on earth? Like, right. you know, like how do we get along with the planet? Like this is a planet that just wants to kill us, right? You know? And um, it, it like the the footage is amazing. There's some interesting like animation. I would say the music usage is really stylized. Oh uh, yeah, it's a very stylized film, right? Well, it's not like... it's not as dry as you might think a movie about two scientists, right? and it's like if a seven figure budget you would hope that it wouldn't be too dry um, well i don't know if the budget was that it's just like i think the deal they got is, yeah. oh okay i see but yeah, yeah the footage the editing is really good i mean because you had to piece together all this stuff are you familiar with miranda july at all mm -mm, no um did you ever see the movie me and you and everyone we know yeah okay so that that's the person who made mm. this okay um and her voice is sort of uh it's it's like sort of twee in a certain way and, and uh -huh. but everything's loaded with a sort of like artiness um so it's like it's there it's aesthetically pleasing film i would okay. say 
Yeah. And it's about mortality also. Like we're thinking about like some yeah. of these other things we've talked about, like senior or even Pelosi or Stutz, uh, you know, like yeah. Or Moon H Daydream. Like it's like you're thinking about <laughs> your legacy, sort of, but they're also just like it it does remind me of Jane. When I was thinking about Jane, when I mentioned Jane, Brett Morgan's movie about Jane Goodall. All right. Some of like this sort of like man against nature elements or just like what is human nature mm -hmm. does come up in this. Like fascinating stuff. Like I didn't know that like these volcanoes, like Mount St. Helens or whatever, they're super destructive. But then they they the soil they leave behind is like insanely fertile, which is like I guess yeah. why like in Hawaii, like you know, there's all this crazy foliage and stuff. Right. It's like the it create it's like destruction and rebirth. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. I, I I do know like the poster, the box art or whatever is very mm. compelling. I've seen it a bunch and I'm like, I'm always like, God, I that looks interesting. I kind of want to watch yeah. it. Yeah, because like think about they're like they're going to watch a volcano. They have to have, wear these like crazy like metal cones over their tops of their heads that don't even have a face covering. Oh. It's just open faced. But like when you're standing by the volcano, fucking chunks of rock are like, landing on you jesus that's nuts oh it no is thanks it is yeah is it very much a no thanks right. like i'm not i haven't watched um that uh that uh mountain climbing <laughs> uh uh movie that won the oscar a couple years oh, ago yeah. i'm i'm the fear of heights i'm not down but like this was the foot yeah the footage is i don't even like that much nature stuff but right. this like sort of like contextualized with everything didn't but, Werner Herzog make a volcano he made a volcano I've not seen his volcano movie no. right okay but this is like also it's like they're like it's a love story it's like kind of like a three-way love story it's like two people that like fell in love but were obsessed with the same thing uh-huh that's okay would and you would recommend this because now I want to watch it yeah yeah I would recommend this it's Disney plus uh I, I mean I had to take a little break. A lot of subtitles because most of it's in French, the except for the narration. So, um, yeah, it's a it's an interesting one. Also, as I'm seeing on other like on IndieWire, this is like in their front runners for Oscar nominations. Uh, I hadn't seen a lot of the films that are up for Oscar nominations this year, but yeah, people are talking tossing around Fire of Love and Moon Age Daydream. So we'll see if those make it to the Oscars. I bet. I bet they will. Um, awesome. Well, I, I just started watching Light and Magic on Disney Plus, so it's really good. I love it. Um, if you go to the um, Pixar section. Okay. I believe it's in the Pixar section. Oh, yeah, like, no, it's like in that's the, a brand. Is it, is it about Pixar? No, it's it's about Industrial Light and Magic. So it's oh, under, ILM, yeah, in the, yeah. Yeah, I think it's in the Star Wars section, actually. But it's a documentary based on like how it became ilm oh like, sick oh, yeah it's really really good it's i've only watched the first episode and i was already hooked because i'm like this is right up my alley just a bunch of like creative dudes being like we need to invent a camera to shoot this weird ass toy we just made so they're like all right we need to make that camera now oh right i i will check that out i'm i'm just finishing up andor so that will be my oh, next thing there I'm you go to. well by uh, the way uh, have you seen andor i have not no so this is a bizarre thing about Andor. Like my friends that are also documentary heads really liked Andor. They're like, this is like the best Star Wars thing. It's made by the guy who made Michael Clayton. 
So it's kind of weirdly about, it's like the most adult Star Wars thing there is. It's kind of about like the bureaucracy of the Empire. Oh, wow. Like you think it's going to just be like all, yeah, more shoot 'em up rebel stuff. Right. But it's also like deeply about like the the banality of evil. Like the, like the sort of like <laughs> how, how uh, you know, people that think they're doing the right thing are like working for the empire. And like, <laughs> right. you know, like they basically, it's like, it's the most like anti-prison, like maybe wow. like, you know, actually like what was it like to live in this, in this space before this sort of revolt happened. Interesting. Oh, so man. yeah, well, it's, it's I, I just got I just got Disney Plus four days ago. So hell yeah, get into Andor. Let's talk. Yeah. We'll have a discussion about Andor. That'd be awesome. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, do you have any other docs? Uh... There's stuff I want to see that's coming out. Oh my god, there's something on Amazon Prime called Wildcat that I've heard. Of, I watched the trailer. It's this okay. British uh, soldier who has PTSD. He ends up like going to like uh help rehabilitate this like orphaned ocelot to like enter back into the wild but like basically he he, there he's like you it's his ptsd therapy is like helping untame this like you know this ocelot oh wow um and ocelot's very cute and it looks really intense and like it's gonna be pretty dramatic Oh no! It's on Amazon Prime. So it's called Wildcat. Came out okay. this year. Uh, just watched the trailer. Heard something about it on on I think KPCC and like, yeah, that sounds like something I would watch. Yeah, it looks like December thirtieth. It's on Prime. Oh, it's not there yet. Okay, so yeah, yeah it'll be out just. Tomorrow. Yeah. Well, when you hear this, it'll be out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, when you hear this, it'll be out for sure. That's awesome. I don't. What about know you? This... Any any trailers for anything striking you? Uh... No, I don't think so. I, you know, I'm just kind of back dipping my toes back into the doc world. So, um, not that I can remember of anything. Yeah, are no. you are you um are you using Tubi? I'm hearing that Tubi has like a really good option. Oh, nice. Docs. No, I Canopy am not. and Tubi, I think, are like un like people don't talk in the same breath about those as the Netflix and HBOs, or now Disney Plus getting into this doc game. Right. Uh, but yeah, a Tubi is, I believe you can watch stuff for free. Awesome. So, yeah. And I, I, I do want to mention, because I just figured out and I'm pretty proud of myself. There is now on our website, you can go uh, with one click, you can see all of our past episodes. Something I've been trying to figure out for a while is how to display nice. that thing. And I finally figured it out. So you go to our homepage, supdocpodcast.com. You'll see the last four or five episodes and then there's a all episodes button and then you can look to your heart's content and listen to all of our back catalog hundred that's great 200 episodes <laughs> i know we're so close to 200 we're getting very close to 200 very close. uh knock on wood we'll get there in 2023 yeah all right paco good yes, catching up with you yes talking buddy. docs as we do we do that we're the doc doc talking dudes and uh, you got some Sketchfest shows coming up? Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, January 22nd, Sunday, January 22nd, I'll be at Cobbs with Mr. Todd Berry. Uh, nice. In, in his stadium tour. Todd. Yeah. How about yourself? And, uh, and then I'm doing Sketchfest February 2nd, which is a Thursday, a piano fight. Awesome. With Talkies. Uh, Chat up. It's going to be on that one, too. And I'll be sticking around town doing maybe one or two other shows. 
that weekend. So that's cool. my SF dates. Let's do some sub doc interviewings. Yeah, let's grab yeah. let's grab someone while we're there. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Well, uh, happy New Year to you, sir, and um, hope, hope for the everything's going to be on, great. On twenty twenty three. Yes, sir. Uh, thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about Subdoc at subdocpodcast.com. Our theme music was written by David Siegel. Donate to the show through our Patreon page, patreon.com slash subdocpodcast. If you want to help out in other ways, please share this show with a friend. Find Paco and George's comedy gigs on the About Us page on our site. Subdoc is by Doc fans for Doc fans. So if you want to advertise, got a film, or opinions to share, hit us up. Email us at subdocpodcast at gmail.com.